This is the Voice Podcast Network. Welcome back to Casually Georgetown, where we have casual conversations with our Georgetown students. Today, we have on Nirvana Khan, and we'll be talking to her alongside my co-host for today. Hi, I'm Nick. I'm going to be the co-host for today. Awesome. So, yeah, just to get us started, we'll go around and do our basic Georgetown intros. So, your name, your major... Uh, and a quick icebreaker. So what is one good thing that has happened to you this week? Nirvana, you can start us off. Oh, awesome. Well, hi everyone, my name's Nirvana. Um, I'm in the SFS. Uh, I think I'm majoring in international politics. Um, And I never know how to answer this question. I I went to high school in Dallas, um, but currently my parents live in Nova, so like super close. Um, And one good thing that's happened the past week is that the new Indian place, or the only Indian place, I should say, on Wisconsin just opened. It's right next to Insomnia Cookies, and it's very cheap. So, um, really made my day. And it's open late. Ooh, how late is it open? It's open till midnight. Ooh. Yeah. That is nice. So, no no more Uber Eats for me. Late night Uber Eats has been eating up my wallet. As it does. As it does. (laughs) As it does with everyone. Yeah. 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 Um, I guess I'll introduce myself to, uh, hi, I'm Nick Vienna. Um, I'm a freshman in the college, currently undecided in terms of major, but we'll see. First, first semester freshman vibes. Um, <laughs> I'm from New York and I guess one good thing that's happened in the past week, I guess, um, over the weekend I decorated my room for Halloween. Like I... <gasps> Went on a little run to CVS. So got cute. I got some uh, some orange lights. Um, I got these like ceramic pumpkins, and then I carved a real pumpkin. <gasps> so oh that was gosh. fun too. Oh, okay. For your pumpkin carving, how does that work? I've actually never pu- carved a pumpkin before, yeah. so this whole process blows Taking my notes. mind. <laughs> all right. So do you want like the full rundown or like? Give it to me. All right. So first, first you get a pumpkin. Like that's obvious. Okay. Then you kind of have to like cut out the top but in such a way that you can like pull from like the stem Mm -hmm. and like get like a good opening into what's inside while still being able to put the top back on Mm. so like you sort of make it into like a jar lid if you kind of know what i'm talking Mm -hmm. about and then you like empty it out from like all the like you know like seeds and whatever Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that yuck Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so like you just kind of like scoop that all out and then like then you get to the actual fun part and that's carving the pumpkin so you can kind of just do whatever i like to sort of like freehand it out where like i'll get like a sharpie or whatever put my design on there and then etch it out um other people just like you know they just kind of go for it which i can respect that (laughs) um and then yeah that's it and if you want it to like glow and like let's say like you you cut deep enough then, like, you put, like, a candle or, like, an electric light uh, in the inside where, like, you took out all the goop and whatever. 
and then that's all you all you have to do that makes it sound so easy yeah no i'm sure it's not that it's a long process Mm. it took me maybe like an hour and a half maybe for my full carving but i'm also like a perfectionist with it Mm -hmm. like i was like oh i gotta make sure i got it all right but like other people i was with were done in like 30 minutes so like it's all about the craft my roommate and I, we weren't about to do that, but we did get, we went to the DuPont Farmer's Market and we got like little baby pumpkins. So Ooh. we just put that up in our room. That's nice. It's festive, yeah. Those aren't going to rot as quickly because you didn't like empty them right, out. Right, exactly. Hopefully. Well, I love that y'all have up all these Halloween decorations. I'll be honest, my roommate and I, we've started getting ready for December holiday decorations. <laughs> Already? So we just put up holiday string lights. We've got some red garland with green it's oh. very festive i'm loving it love the holiday season so i'm excited uh, yeah no it'll be a good time yeah uh but for my intro uh olivia henry planning on majoring in government and women and gender studies i have also moved around a fair bit so that makes where i'm from always complicated <laughs> but i like to say i'm from georgetown and Aww. Yeah. That's, that's cute. Thank you. Thank you. I put some thought into that. Yeah. Uh, but one good thing that has happened this week would be that today at CVS, I found everything I needed, and that is the best feeling. Right. For some reason, I swear, things disappear from the shelves like when I need them. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, just to have us run now more into your life, Nirvana, give us a... Whew, this will be difficult, but a two-minute or so trailer of your life. Who are you? Oh, okay. That's a tall order. So, okay. So, I was born um, in Dhaka, Bangladesh, which is, like, one of the biggest cities in the world. It is, like, a metropolis, period. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was born there, and my parents, shortly after I was born, um, were lucky enough to get this, like, it was, like, a lottery system at the time. They got a visa to the United States. Um, it took a while for me to get my citizenship, but I eventually immigrated here when I was six. Um, and then following that, I moved around a lot because my dad had enlisted in the U.S. Army. So um, we hopped from place to place. Um, but essentially, most of elementary school, I lived in South Carolina. Um, most of middle school, I did in Oklahoma. And then high school, for the entire time, I was in Dallas, Texas. So that's like the place where I identify when like people ask me where I'm from. from. Um, so yeah, I grew up kind of on the move. Um, I was really into reading. I didn't speak a lot of English, but I could read it really well. So like, that's like how I like connected, I guess, like found something to like, you know, um, do in my free time to just like read all the time. Um, and then as I got older, I obviously got better at English. I got like more social, um, by high school, I was pretty social. And um, so, like, my biggest thing when I went to college was, like, going to be, like, a reinvention of myself. Like, I was going to, like, make so many friends and, like, go out all the time and, like, do all these things. Um, and so, yeah, I, I'm really happy I chose Georgetown. I was, like, choosing between Georgetown because I'm, like, really into cities. I was choosing between Georgetown and a couple different schools in, like, New York and stuff. Um, but I ultimately thought that I would get the best college experience here while still kind of being in a city. Um, and so far that's panned out. So that's my elevator pitch. 
That's great. Like, you know, the the call was for an elevator pitch, but that was like a whole memoir. Like, <laughs> and I said that in the best way possible. That Thank was you. I feel like I said a lot of things and also nothing at the same time. We'll definitely be able to get more into yeah. it. I already have so many questions so popping true. up. But you were talking about that at Georgetown, you really wanted to be someone who was very social, mm-hmm. doing a lot of things. As I think a lot of us have seen in group me's and on socials, you seem to be everywhere. So could you tell us a little bit about your work first off with Gusa? Um, okay, this is actually really contentious. Some people mm. say Gusa. I think enlightened people say Gusa. Okay, okay. Which is it? I, I say Gusa. Gusa? Yeah. Well, <laughs> for okay. my mental health, I think we should stick with Gusa. But I like just it. know I like there, there, is, there are more of you. But <laughs> You're not alone. <laughs> You're not alone. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, actually, it's really funny. I didn't think I was going to do student government in college at all, and that's because in high school, I actually, um, shout out to anybody who knew me in high school, but every single year, I ran for student council, and I never got it. So I was like, <laughs> okay, like, this is probably not for me. Like, I'm not going to do it again. But also, um, I loved my high school, but it was, like, predominantly white and, like, very like predominantly wealthy and a lot of the girls it was all girls school had known each other for like all their lives so um that kind of like you know I think played into the fact that I didn't end up making it but um the reason I decided to run at Georgetown was actually because of group me I think like a lot of people I was really bored over COVID um and then I I feel like I did I was really active in the 24 group me and I did like kind of meet a lot of people and I felt like people kind of knew who I was and like generally liked me hopefully so um at some point I started being like okay like why don't like why don't I try like you know like I might as well like I I have just as good a shot as anyone else like people know me um but yeah so I did end up running and then I was immediately like oh my god this was a mistake because it was 30 people (laughs) I don't know if anybody in class of 24 remembers that it was 30 people I was like I am in over my head I don't I didn't like I didn't have anything prepared. Like, a lot of people had, like, campaign materials prepared ahead of time, Instagram posts and stuff. I had nothing. I did everything, like, as I was going along. Um, and so it was really, really crazy. But luckily, I did have, like, a really good support system of friends by that point. Um, I had my boyfriend, so it was nice. Um, and I ended up making it, which I did not expect at all. I, I remember it came out at 8 a.m. I was like, oh, my God. I, I woke up. The first thing I did was check it. I was like, oh, my God. But, and... Like, it's been more than I could have imagined, honestly. Like, I I didn't know how much I was going to be able to achieve just because, you know, like, student government doesn't have a lot of power anywhere, I would say, but especially at Georgetown. But I think I came at, like, a really opportune time where Gusta was kind of changing to be more diverse and, like, just, like, the point of being in Gusta was drastically different in the Senate that I entered versus the years before, from what I've heard. Um so like everybody had a really strong purpose and we were able to get so much done i still think like that senate um last year's senate is gonna go down in history for like just how much activism we were able to engage in because it was a lot um but i was really happy with what i was able to do i helped found the textbook grant which i think is in the process of like you know like being ready for people to actually apply to and i um i was on the workers rights project which eventually was successful in like 
so workers were being forcibly redeployed to different positions during the pandemic, which was obviously terrible because some of these positions were putting them more at risk of COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was abolished, which was at the end of last year, which was a huge win. So just like small victories like that. Um, well, this one wasn't small, but there were like a lot of small victories along the way that I am really proud of and I think was really nice. And then this year I have kind of um, moved up in the ranks. I'm the chair of policy and advocacy now. So I like I feel like a veteran kind of because like again what like just like last time now a lot of the Senate is new which I think is good because it's you know it's new blood and then people come in with their their own visions um, so like now I get to kind of like you know teach them show them the ropes um, and it's been really rewarding. That's so amazing. We got so much out of that. <laughs> so you were talking about those small and large victories that you were able to make during the pandemic with Gusa Gusa. Uh, <laughs> how was that relationship with power? Because you were also hinting that, I mean, student government, you don't have a whole lot of influence. Mm-hmm. So how was it for you navigating that, trying to make change, but at the same time be confined by screens and student body? Yeah. Well, okay, when it comes to screens, I actually think Obviously, it had an adverse impact on a lot of things. But when it comes to student government, I think it was really, really nice. Um, and here's why. If you walk into the Gusser room, I don't know if you've ever been in there, but there are, there are tiered seats, first of all. And there's been, like, traditions in the past where, like, the freshmen sit lowest and then goes by year. So there's, like, a literal hierarchy as soon as you step in the room. And when you talk, you have to stand. You have to physically assert your presence. So obviously, I'm like a 5'1 woman um, with like kind of a high-pitched voice. Like I wouldn't be as um, kind of assertive in person as I was able to be over Zoom. So I think like just like taking all that out of the picture, I think that's part of the reason why Gusa changed as fast as it did. And also just like campaigning, like it was like it was all over social media, which had its challenges, but it wasn't just like how many people you knew, especially because, you know, for the freshmen, we didn't know anybody yet. Um, we were so we were all kind of on an equal playing field and it was really just up to our platforms so in a sense i think um being virtual was an asset in some ways um but definitely like obviously zoom fatigue was very real we didn't really get to connect the same way we would have as a team um virtually and like you said the main thing is that i think there's a lot of frustration between the student body and gusla because gusla doesn't do enough but like we are not, like with our mandate, we are not supposed to do a lot. I think, I don't think Georgetown expects us to do a lot. We, our biggest power that we have is like funding for clubs, which I think we do and we do well. <coughs> but when it comes to activism, um, we just kind of hope that the administration listens to us, that DeJoya and like all those big wigs listen to us. Um, but I think the biggest change that happened during the pandemic and the reason that we were able to do more is because we kind of accepted that role and said, okay, like we're not gonna think of ourselves as a government anymore, like that's stupid, like our legislation doesn't actually do anything. Um, instead of focusing on that and who can write like the most eloquent resolutions or whatever, let's think of ourselves as an activist org who doesn't have any power given to us, but um, we can make our own power. And that's when we started doing things like teach-ins. Um, we started working with organizations like The Voice a lot to kind of raise student awareness through media um, and we just kind of like changed our whole mindset from like we are an organization that writes legislation to know like we are an organization that engages in advocacy um, and who organize the student body to kind of demonstrate resistance to the administration um, and that's kind of what we're going through now with restructure is just kind of making that formal um, 
because I think we've all gone through that awakening. Yeah, that's that's great. Um, you've talked a lot about how like you know, the current Gusa has like you know come a long way, and it's a lot different from like the one of like years past, and even like decades past. At this point, what other things are you involved in? <laughs> because. I've been hearing a little birdie told me, you could say, that somehow you still have time to do other things. Oh, no. That's a dangerous question, Olivia. <laughs> um, but I would say my biggest other commitment is I'm lucky enough to be an undersecretary general of Neyman, which is a lot of words that mean nothing. So basically, Neyman is um, so the Model UN team at Georgetown, which, by the way, was recently ranked number one. So congrats to them. Um, host a conference for high schoolers each year um, and this is like one of the biggest I, I think it's the biggest student-run conference on this side of the globe so it's a big big deal I went when I was in high school um, and now I'm kind of on the there's like a 10 person I want to say like like a small leadership team that helps run it and um, I'm on that team so I'm like helping execute this year's name on which is really exciting as somebody who originally went there and then decided to pursue international relations and come to Georgetown after experiencing that um, so that's great and apart from that I'm also the multicultural chair of the Salvation Society which is a new position um, basically just tasked with ensuring the Salvation Society is like inclusive of all identities which um, its reputation hasn't always been in the past, but luckily I think this year's board is like committed to changing that and I'm committed to changing that. So um, that's really exciting as well. Those commitments to change, that seems to be a reoccurring theme with everything that you're working on, that they're coming along at this time that change is happening within the organizations, but change that you're also able to help spearhead. And that's just so wonderful, inspiring to hear. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I do feel really strongly about it. Um, just because you're right, we did enter Georgetown at this kind of nexus point where um, people started reassessing, you know, like what Georgetown is about, what Georgetown should be. Um, and I think I, I, we have a responsibility to kind of keep that going and not let it peter out as we return to campus. Totally. Like, yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I think definitely in everything you've mentioned, there's as you were saying, this whole, like, through line going through, and that importance of, like, making change occur for the better and, like, learning from, like, the past mm -hmm. to make a better future. Yeah, for sure. And on that note, we'll go ahead and hop to our interlude, so enjoy some great music, and we'll be back to talk a little bit more about how Nirvana is just getting through life. <laughs> Hello, my name is Brother Bonte and uh, I make music. I've been writing music for about nine years, and I've been making music for about two years, so interesting enough, all the studios I've been to have been in schools, whoa. My music reflects me. I love to make music about my culture, and I love to spread love, and I think that's what I combine in my music. I would say you can do anything that you want to do, but I'd rather show you. I'm a kid going to Georgetown and also making music, and if that don't break possibilities and standards, I really don't know what will. Oh, yeah. Baby, girls, they focus. All the mother chicks just focus. 
and use better. I got it that's forever on us being together. Put me on the economy sauce. Struggle up in your turn on getting lost. What happens when the boss loving the boss? They both gotta be winning that boy. Oh, cause baby girl shining, eyes like diamonds, hair like sycamore, looks so vibrant, skin so sun kissed, ring off sirens. Fellas look closer, but please do mind it. Cause I got this, and I don't care what he and he did. I don't care how she and he live Cause if she want me, I'ma grab her wish This is dark brown eyes, this is light pink lips This is getting butterflies, this is look so fly This is box rings, cornrows, throw highlights Mixing into the many other styles with a hair tie You got beautiful written all over Love the pinks when the hours turn golden We only get older and our hearts getting colder So please take me in and let me be your co-creator Oh yeah, baby girl stay All right, and we are back. So at this point, we'll get to what Casually Georgetown is really all about, talking about how you have been able to find community amidst all of what is life, really the mess that life is. So Nirvana, how have you been able to find community at Georgetown? Um, I feel like I don't have a single answer to that just because I think the community that is most important to me that I've been able to kind of form, I'd say, um, has just come from like a lot of random places. Um, I have a lot of friends who I met, you know, through my classes and we just happened to kind of like be like, hey, like let's study sometime. And then it turned into something amazing. And then like just friends of friends, um, people I had elevator conversations with one time, um, people I happened to sit next to at Leo's, so I think that's like the part that was missing, like when we weren't on campus. It's just like those chance encounters um, and those little side conversations that turn into something amazing. So um, it's been really, really cool. And like I said, like throughout my life, I've like moved around a lot and like, you know, had a bunch of barriers. So I've tended to find like one or two friends and kind of stick with them. Um, but I really don't want that to be the case at Georgetown. I think we have such a diversity here on campus and I want that reflected in whatever communities I'm a part of. So um, I, like, I'm always looking to kind of, I don't want to say expand, that's like a business term, not expand, <laughs> but just kind of make new connections and like bring anybody who like, you know, who wants to, to just be in the fold. And, um, you know, like I've been kind of working hard to not fall in that, you know, fall in old habits by like making sure to reach out to, you know, so-and-so many people a week, you know, have lunch, go for coffee, whatever, um, just to make sure that I don't, I don't keep seeing the same 
people every day. Um, and also something that's important to me is that I didn't want to meet people just through clubs or just through classes <coughs> because, so sorry, <coughs> because I didn't want to only meet people who had my same interest. Um, so that was important to me. And I do have obviously amazing friends that have the exact same interests as me, which is very fulfilling. But I think just like meeting people in random places is like more what I'm looking for. So kind of always on the hunt for new friends. Yeah, that's that's great to hear. Like especially like you mentioned even like, oh, those like, you know, sidebar elevator conversations. And I feel like those are the most insightful because like seeing how people interact in like just this like small enclosed space, you may not even see them again, but just for like 20 seconds. That's how like you really get to like meet some of like the most fun people. Right, exactly. Just like, and like, there have been some things I did, like I was an NSO orientation advisor, which was just like totally out of my wheelhouse. Like it had nothing to do with anything I was interested in, but I was just like, you know, why not? And um, some of my closest friends are from there now. Like we have nothing in common, but we were, you know, placed together at a random NSO thing and became the best of friends. So I think that's so valuable. How was it working NSO despite like, you know, like not being on campus for an entire school year oh my gosh it was kind of a disaster <laughs> um well obviously i think a few sophomores did it just because of that fact but those of us who did as a result kind of like were banded together and we were like okay we all don't know anything like let's make this work and the upperclassmen also like worked really hard to help us out um like for example we were all paired up together um they made sure that I was paired up with an under, upperclassman girl. So like, whenever I got a question I couldn't answer, I would run to her and be like, Annalise, like, you know, like what's the oldest building on campus? <laughs> like, it was so much fun. Um, yeah, so I think we were able to make it work. I think if anything, COVID kind of made it strange just because this is something I always think about, but my kids never saw my face. So if they saw me out and about, I'm not sure they would recognize me. We were required to wear masks, not only indoors, but outdoors. So there was literally no time where they ever saw my face. So just small things like that, where I feel like it was not the orientation experience that maybe they would have wanted, but it was so cool because it was an orientation and like we didn't get an orientation. And so just like, feeling that secondhand excitement of like, oh my God, like I'm on campus, like, you know, like seeing DC, like showing them DC while also experiencing myself for the first time. It was just so, so amazing. Um, and like I said, I got really close with the other sophomores who were doing it. So all in all, an amazing experience. I'm glad I did it. That really does seem wonderful. And the fact that you were able to connect with upperclassmen through that process, as a sophomore, one of the hardest things during COVID was connecting with people outside of our class. In so many respects, we were very insulated in our group me, and it was hard to break that bubble. Right. So the NSO was that chance for you to connect with other people, for it to be like, oh, hey, I have a question, help yeah. me. And actually having that help there, I'm so grateful that you had that. Right, and it lasts, like, even if you don't, like, obviously, um, my upperclassmen friends from NSO, I don't see them around so much as I do my sophomore friends, but, like, even if, like, like, recently, my NSO captain um, got into med school, and, like, I was Ooh. so, so excited for her, even though we had only known each other for that one weekend, I knew how much that meant to her, and it was amazing, 
or like I know like the other girls in my captain group will always comment on my Instagram posts and I was like oh guys so just like I think I used to get sad that some people are in your life for like a short time and then maybe you are not as close as you used to be but the like the ways in which they stay in your life I think are just as meaningful so it's really sweet so you gently hit on socials being one way that you keep up with people which I feel like we all do that to a certain degree you know liking someone's Twitter posts mm -hmm. commenting on Instagram but Definitely being in person, at least for me, has shifted my approach to social media quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Has that been the case for you too? Yeah, I would say so. Um, I think, okay, actually, ironically, even though I was using social so much to keep in touch with people over the pandemic, I like almost stopped posting. Like I would post very, very infrequently just because I all I was doing was sitting in my room like agonizing over like oh my god like what's this post like you know like how's it gonna go over um and now I kind of my friends make fun of me because I post like almost like twice a week like <laughs> like almost every day if I could um I had my likes turned off for a while too so it literally like I was not thinking about it at all I would just be like okay post and then <laughs> just like walk away and it was so so freeing I think that's what like social media was originally just like um not you know not putting that much thought into every little post which was amazing um also i think i didn't realize how much only communicating over text was harming my relationships mm. um i was like oh my god like i'm such a good communicator over text like this is gonna be amazing but it really like now that i am like sitting here talking to you like this would not be the same if we were like having this conversation over text um i think i didn't realize how much that was the case like it's it kind of snuck on snuck up on me, um, especially because I think, like I said um, earlier, but there's no opportunity to have side conversations over social media. Like even in a group chat, there's only one conversation and everyone has to be included in it. Whereas if I hang out with a group now, you know, like everybody will kind of you know chime in when they feel like it, like talk to the person next to them, like it's so much more natural. Um, so I definitely feel like I'm just. In some ways, I'm like it would appear that I'm more active on social media, but that's just because I'm not thinking about it as much. So um, in reality, I think it's occupying much less of my brain space. Would you say that um, in terms of last year, you know, the whole like all online thing, have you had any connections that you made through like that very limited space of Zoom and GroupMe and like email conversations and whatever? Have you had any connections from there get like transitioned into real life i guess if you want to call it that yeah well actually yes i have and that's like one amazing thing so obviously there are lots of people who i was like best friends with over group me who i never see anymore but there are just as many people who like i happen to meet and like stayed in touch with um, my roommate, Rachel, shout out to Rachel. She's listening to this. She better be. <laughs> um, she, I actually met her on GroupMe, which is really, really funny because I think both of us have very different personalities on GroupMe. Um, and so when we decided to be roommates, we had only ever seen that side of each other. And it ended up working out better than we could have imagined. Like, um, we're not only roommates now, but we're like best friends. So it's been, yeah, like definitely some people that I ended up being much closer with that I would have imagined over text. And I think that's like kind of 
like my expectations have been subverted in both ways and I think that just like speaks to how different text communication is um, and how different like I know I come across really differently um, if you guys have seen my group me messages I, I'm not like that in real life <laughs> I promise so we got to hear a lot about all the things that you're doing and at the same time it seems like you have a lot of different people you're interacting with i mean you're going out to lunches to coffees expanding your social right. circle if you will how in the world do you find time to do it all um i have a <laughs> i was gonna say this and then i realized it sounds like the most joy chat thing ever <laughs> but, um, my savior is actually my google calendar Ooh. because here's the thing if I don't schedule something, then it will occupy my brain for much longer than it needs to. Like, I'll be like, okay, I have this meeting, I have this meeting, I have this meeting, and I'll be thinking about it all day, even, you know, even before the meeting. Um, so now I just, like, since it's in my phone, I don't think about things until, like, 10 minutes before, honestly. <laughs> like, 10 minutes before, I check my phone, I'm like, oh, yeah, I have to go to this thing. So, it like, it's, I think... It's, like, corny, but it helps you visually see how much time you have, which, like, I have ADHD, so that's really helpful for me because, um, like, I went to a therapist over pa the pandemic because I was just, like, oh, my God, like, I can't manage my time. Like, what do I do? Like, I like logically, I should have enough time for this, and I don't. And she was, like, okay, have you ever considered sitting down and thinking about how much time things should take you? Like, for example, it was taking me, like, I was, like, oh my god, like, I don't have three days to write this essay. She was like, logically, how long would it take you? Like, if you just sat down and wrote, like, how long would it take you to write that essay? And that completely changed my mindset because I was like, oh, well, logically, this is only going to take me, like, what, two, three hours, but I'm letting it, like, you know, like, take over my life for three days because I, you know, I'm, I wasn't thinking about that. So I think just kind of being... I want to say being mindful. That's always what people say, <laughs> and I have no idea what it means. Um, not being mindful, but just, like, being very purposeful with how you spend your time has been helpful for me. And that applies to me time, too. Like, there are a lot mm -hmm. of times where I just, like, I look at my Google Calendar, and I'm like, oh, I don't want to do all this today. I'll, like, cancel whatever. I'll be like, okay, all this white space is making me happy. I have nothing today, yay. Um, so... Like, I think, for me, alone time is, like, just as important as any lunch date. So if I feel like I need it, like, I'm going to reschedule things and, like, make that time um, no matter, you know, what it takes. So I think that's what's been good for me. Also, just, like, I know for some people it might work to be, like, looser with it. Just, like, oh, like, I'll see people when I see people. I really have to schedule things. Um, so, like like with the expanding my circle thing like I make it a point to say like I have to see at least two people a week or like three people a week so because otherwise I would get overwhelmed and I would not do it um so this this whole thing is making me sound very type a but <laughs> it's like it's just helpful for me um because my mind gets very cluttered if I don't do all these things if I'm if, you know if I just kind of go with the flow then I think I end up ultimately spending more brain energy brain juices yeah, no, it, it's tough to, like, you know, manage everything and, like, try and fit time for yourself and time for, like, your responsibilities mm -hmm. all into this, like, airtight schedule. Right. But I was just wondering, um, you know, with such rigidity that, like, you kind of need 
for like a schedule like that? Do you ever feel like over your head? And if you do, are there any like rituals or like practices you use usually do to sort of like ground yourself back to earth and like reset? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, so I, I don't know if you guys can tell so far, but I'm like an extreme extrovert. So like talking to people always makes me feel more grounded. So if I'm feeling overwhelmed or like over my head or like I have too much, um, I generally tend to like shoot my texts, um, shoot my friends a text. Wow, I got that such a best word. Shoot my friends a text and say like, does anyone want to study together or does anyone want to go to this with me? Um, or like, does anyone just want to like come say hi to me? Cause like that will make me feel better about whatever it is I have to do. If I have like someone going with me, like I'll feel better about it. Um, so the, that tends to be it. Also, there are some times where I just, like I said, like need to like not do those things. And like, I don't like, I don't punish myself for that. Like, I think, you know, if, if I'm not feeling up to it, then nothing is going to change that. And then even if I did do whatever it is I was supposed to do I wouldn't be putting 100% of myself so it wouldn't be something I was happy with at the end of the day anyways so I feel much better even if I have to cancel on some things if I do like take that time to kind of regroup um I at the end of the day even it's I don't think of it as a waste of time at all I think of it as like a different kind of obligation one I have to myself so um that always helps me also this is this seems very superficial but i think creating a nice space helps me a lot um we were just talking about halloween decorations before this and i think my roommate and i work really hard to make our room really pretty and like really nice and like keep it clean and things like that um and so i think without that i would get overwhelmed a lot easier but since we have kind of a space that feels like me and that feels like home that i feel grounded in um, that's definitely a bit of a ritual for me to just kind of be like, okay, I have to go to my room. Like I have to, have to breathe for a second. Those rituals are definitely so important. And the power of a space I think is often overlooked, especially because we're on a college campus. We're all switching rooms every single year. We're hopping from classroom to classroom, from meeting to meeting. And it's so easy, as you were saying, just to not feel grounded. So having some place and designating that as home base, I am very much with you. I see that grounding power. Uh, I do have a question, though. So you were saying that sometimes if you feel it, you're like, okay, I will brush off all my other obligations for the day because I know that I have that obligation to myself. Mm -hmm. That fully support 1,010% with you. But how do you know that you need that time in the first place? How do you know, all right, I need to clear my schedule for the day? Well, um, this is going to be a hard for me to explain just because it's more of like an eternal feeling. Um, But first of all, I think the thing is that because I'm like so invested in these things that I'm doing, like most of the time they don't drain me. Most of the time they energize me. So I don't like end my day feeling like, oh, like I did all these things, like I'm exhausted now. I end my day like being like, oh, like I got so much done today, like yay. Um, so when I don't feel like that, it's like out of the ordinary for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and also it's just, I think it's kind of a time thing. Like if I've had like a busy few weeks, then obviously I'm going to feel more tired and I'm going to think, okay, like I haven't had a free day in a while, like let, let's change that. 
Um, so I think it just comes from checking in with myself, not only physically with how tired I feel, but like mentally, if my thoughts are scattered, um, if I'm like, like not feeling up to socializing is a big red flag for me because I, like I said, I'm usually a bit of an extrovert. So like, that's a sign for me that something is wrong. Um, if I just can't focus on whatever it is that I'm doing, then I tend to just say like, okay, like I probably, you know, I'm not at my best right now. But I think that is something that's so different for everyone that it's like, it was hard for me to like, even like come up with that to tell you because I know it when I feel it, but I don't know how to explain it to anyone else. Um, but I think it just comes from like knowing yourself and like knowing when you're not, when you're not yourself. So just to wrap us up, we've gotten to hear so much about how you've been able to find community, how you've gotten to really just embrace those obligations to yourself. So if you could give a bit of wisdom to somebody wanting to really embrace their life. And as you were saying, as you were able to redesign yourself in college for someone else that's looking to redesign themselves now, what advice would you give? I think the biggest thing is to just really push yourself. Um, like, I know I just spent so long talking about how important it is to give yourself a break. Um, but I think the reason I've grown so much in college is because of the times where I haven't let myself just fall back into what I know. Like, running for Gusset, that was a huge step for me. Um, and it could have ended really poorly. I could have felt really badly at the end of the day if I didn't end up getting it. Um, but I kind of just forced myself to do it anyways because I knew that if it did work out, it would be such a growth experience. Like when it comes to, like I said, like hanging out with people I don't know as well, like it's like sometimes I'm like, okay, like do I really want to make like conversation about our majors? Like maybe I should just stay home. But those have led it to like one of some of the deepest um, connections that I have. So I guess just like stay optimistic about like what could happen, what could go well rather than what could go badly. Um, and to obviously like be kind to yourself, like know when you need rest, but also kind of be, you have to be bad cop too. You also have to be the strict parent that says like, no, you're going like, this could be a growth experience. Like that you could learn something, you could, you know, meet somebody. Um, yeah. And so just sticking to that and having self-discipline, that is the wrong word, not self-discipline, <laughs> um, having that willpower that willpower is definitely embodied in you and just seeing the amount that you're able to do i feel like i keep coming back to this i'm a broken record at this point <laughs> but you were genuinely doing so much but such meaningful work and knowing that it empowers you at the same time that you're getting something out of it that just makes it all the more inspiring so thank you so much for sitting down and talking with us today nirvana this has been absolutely wonderful and i'm so appreciative for your time oh my god thank you so much it was so great to talk to you guys yeah it was so great to get like a better idea of like who you are not just as like an accomplished student but as just like a person and how you live your life and how you see yourself in relation to georgetown like that was just it was just a great way to sort of even the playing field get to know you as well as like you know the whole social landscape of georgetown better from a different person's perspective so yeah thank you so much for coming on tonight that was really great yeah of course no i really appreciate it you guys have been awesome i feel like i even learned a lot about myself throughout that so i had a great experience
Awesome. All right. Bye, everyone. Get it low.